periodically the sound cuts off or there's a connection issue or the professor gets cut off. So that could have happened. Um, I don't know either. She just started recording. So. Yeah, I mean, if it's recording, then I mean, like, she is physically on the call because I'm presuming that unless you were on her account, she was the one who let me into the Zoom call. So currently with my university, um, I'm not doing any extracurriculars um, because I actually don't physically live on campus. I live at home, which basically means that I travel back and forth to and from school every day. Um, Monday, Monday through Friday, I drive myself to school and back. Um, throughout high school though, um, I was part of the Cleveland Youth Wind Symphony, which was like this massive wind ensemble um, that took place uh, in Cleveland, Ohio. We rehearsed um, the Cleveland Institute of Music and we borrowed some of Case Western Reserve University's music school facilities to conduct our rehearsals and we would do performances in Severance Hall and throughout other venues in Northeast Ohio. So, um, I was part of my high school's marching band for four years, and um, on senior night, and, I, and, and I'll probably like remember this for the rest of my life, but on senior night, um, it was near halftime already, and we were already on the other side of the field. Our band director was still on the home side, and we were on the opposite side. Our team had just scored a touchdown. There was nobody to conduct the fight song. So one of my classmates ran up to me, knowing that I was about to major in music. And they said, Canry, Canry, can you conduct the fight song? And so I did. And then like, after halftime, I told my band director, I was the one who conducted the fight song. And then he laughed and said, a little quick on the tempo there, huh? And like, I was so caught up in the moment that I had actually conducted it about twice as fast as it was intended to be. So that was fun. Wow. What were some of your toughest high school memories? Um, toughest memories, it's kind of hard to say, um, because there are, quite honestly, a few, um, I mean, like, for lack of better term, like, you ask any 2020 graduate, be it high school or college, I mean, there were pretty rough times, like, just in general, but 
I mean, I guess on my end, um, one of the big things that hit while I was in high school was when we had gotten back from spring break my junior year, um, which was like spring 2019. Um, this was like towards the end of second semester, but we got back, it was April, I think it was like April 1st or something of that sort, but we got back on that Monday and then I opened up my email and I see an email from the superintendent saying that my math teacher has passed away due to a drunk driving accident where the drunk driver crashed into the Uber of which my math teacher was a passenger of. The drunk driver had ran a red light and basically killed my math teacher and his significant other. Um, so that was a very rough time. Um, and months later, I actually ended up writing my college essay on it and how I used music to heal myself and why I wanted to go into music therapy to help other people um, through the use of music as well. So, yeah. So I would honestly say in general, um, and like this is really not just high school, like for that matter, like I would honestly just say like K-12 schooling and higher education in general, just the education field in general, um, every class has its challenges. Um, like for me personally, um, I'd say one of the tougher courses that I took um, would have been Honors Anatomy and Physiology. Um, that one is, it's, it's literally just straight memorization. So like, you, you split the body into parts, you memorize each of those parts and their functions, hence that's what Anatomy and Physiology is. With Anatomy being the part of the body, Physiology being how that part of the body functions. Um, another one that I took but ended up auditing second semester was AP Psychology. That one again was straight memorization. You take parts of you take the parts of a massive unit, you put them into chunks, do your best to memorize them, apply them on an exam, and call it a day. Um, I also took AP Music Theory. I, I ended up getting a 2 on the AP Music Theory exam, and I still made it as a music major. So I mean, like, if you take a tough course and you don't, you don't do so well in it, it's not the end of the world. Because either way, you're probably going to end up relearning that, that stuff in college. And the big thing is, you just have to figure out how to divide the content into chunks and memorize them in a reasonable way. As opposed to being like, oh my god, I have a test tomorrow, I, I gotta study tonight. Which is probably what a lot of students do. reaction to quarantine and the shift to remote learning? So I mean, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because I actually, um, right when it happened, I glanced at a school um, article on it. Um, this was back in like March 2020, or I, I was still like um, in the middle of my senior year then, but the really awkward part about ending it then was that we had actually just finished up 
um, a massive research paper and we were just about to get started on the presentation portion of it. So that kind of put us in an awkward spot because, uh, because initially our English teacher's intention was to have us present in front of our class once we got back from spring break and had all that time to practice, but pretty much at the last minute, like, you know, March 13th, I live in Ohio, so the Ohio governor that day pretty much said, all right, school's gonna be shut out for three weeks. And so are essential, or so are non-essential businesses and all that other stuff. So, I mean, when all that happened, I mean, it, like everyone's initial reaction was like, happy. But then, as time dragged on, you know, it was like, oh my god, we all missed seeing each other. Like, even the people who we don't necessarily interact that well with, I mean. Like, you you initially take, take school for granted. Like, yeah, yeah, I just get to sit around and mess with my friends. But then quarantine hits and you're like, oh my god, now I really actually miss them. Um, as for the, the shift to remote learning, I mean, I was lucky enough not to have any major issues with technology, but... Um, I can certainly say for the fact that some of my classmates, um, they they probably were not necessarily at at the best advantage when it came to technology, be it like you know a poor internet connection, um, you know the inability to complete work or late work because of stuff that's going on in the family. I mean, I was lucky enough to not have any major issues. Um, our teachers were very flexible and very understanding. Um, they all did their best to answer emails as quickly as possible. Um, they were always on time to their own office hours and they were very helpful during their office hours as well. So I was definitely very grateful for that. Part of quarantine and remote learning? So I really wouldn't say that there isn't necessarily easy part of quarantine because um, it's, well, okay, I guess the quote-unquote easy part of quarantine is like you, you get to do stuff on your own schedule and that's, that's sometimes good for some people, other people they're way more used to a routine hence why you probably have like school bells or like you know teachers verbally telling you all right it's time to go to your next class or whatever but like when you're at home you know you're, you're on your own schedule i mean you know, your teacher is not going to teleport behind you and be like all right go to your next class now go in the next zoom room or whatever like you you're on your own schedule so that i'd say that's the easiest part of both quarantine and remote learning for that matter The hardest part, I would say, is the asynchronous aspect of it. Um, asynchronous, for those of you who may not know, um, that word means the exact opposite of synchronous, which means together. So asynchronous means not together. So as an example, um, one of the classes I am taking this semester, COM211, um, which is communicating in personal relations. It's actually a completely remote class, which means essentially we just read the textbook, look over the PowerPoints, and then post in our discussion board. 
and we respond to the posts of our classmates in the discussion board. And we basically get points for doing that, the quizzes, and I mean, yeah, like that's pretty much it. And like, of course, our mini essays and finals as well, at least in that particular class. But like, in the context of finishing up my senior year though, I mean, basically, basically, yeah, like our, our courses were also completely asynchronous, meaning the instructor would post the work, we would do it at our earliest convenience, get it over with and turn it in, and then it would later on be returned to us with with whatever grade our instructor decided to assign to it. Um, walking my dog, um, that was, yeah, that was definitely one of the major things that let me stay calm and relaxed during quarantine. I mean, like, yeah, even with Governor DeWine's restrictions, I mean, we could still get away with, like, you know, walking our pets, because, like, that's just a necessity of life. I mean, like, if you have a dog, like, unless you somehow managed to train it to strictly be an indoor dog and have it go into like one of those litter boxes. I mean, you've got to take them outside so that they can do the business. And can you describe the college application process? So, this is sort of a tough one because like, frankly, it really depends on what country you're in. I mean, like, I can only speak from the perspective of a student in the United States, since that's majority of, like, well, that's pretty much where I got my entire K-12 education. But um, in the United States, so what, what usually happens is, like, I'd say give or take around sophomore or junior year or so is usually when you just start casually browsing around to see okay, well, do I like big schools? Do I like small schools? Do I like medium schools? Would I want to go somewhere very sports-centered like Ohio State? Or would I want to go smack dab, like, you know, in the middle of a small town just, just to get a good vibe? Would I want to go to Ohio University? Or do I want an even smaller town feel and go to Miami University of Oxford? Or, you know, like anything of that sort. You just kind of casually browse to see what fits. You look at the sizes and overall stats, tuition rates and what have you. And then usually later on during sophomore year um, and then junior year as well, that's when you take either the SAT or the ACT, um, depending on whichever is more fitting to you. I personally did both twice and did bad both times and still got a scholarship, so it's all good. <laughs> but I personally applied to several different schools um, initially during my senior year. I applied to Eastern Michigan University, um, Western Michigan University, Ohio University, Cleveland State University, and Baldwin-Wallace University. Now, Baldwin-Wallace University um, is just a couple of minutes, like 20 or 30 minutes away from downtown Cleveland. 
and it actually has a conservatory of music, meaning that the, a conservatory is basically a private institution for music housed underneath Bolton Wallace University. So I made it into all the colleges for general admissions that I did. So um, basically what that meant is like, okay, well, yeah, I mean, I can go in now. So ultimately, um, I auditioned for all the schools except for Western Michigan because I figured eh, there's really no point in doing that anymore. So I auditioned for all the schools and only one school rejected me for music therapy, Ohio University. All the rest actually accepted me. So um, now I, I am in Northeast Ohio studying music therapy, but before, before all that, another major part of your college application are your essay or essays, depending on what you plan on majoring in. Um, I highly recommend um, looking at the common application essay prompts and seeing which one is fit for you. Some people, they work better off of a fixed prompt, meaning the prompt has specific instructions that you are able to illustrate out in your paper. Some people, um, they're better off just writing about whatever they wish to, to write about, which I believe is the final prompt, which is basically write about a topic of your choice. And like, that's basically it. You just write, you, it's basically like free writing stream of consciousness type thing. But ultimately it's whatever works for you. Just go on Common App, take a look at the essay prompts and go from there. So, yes, I can, but at the same time, I should also note as a slight disclaimer that my, that my experiences with college so far may not necessarily illustrate the students, or, or may not necessarily illustrate the experiences of other students currently in college. Um, for me personally, um, I travel to and from campus, so I'll wake up around like 6.45 or so in the morning, eat a quick breakfast, and then I'll drive to campus. By the time I get to campus, it's already 7.30 or so, and that's normally when I'll just open up my laptop, check my emails and other important stuff um, up until I have class at 8.05. Now, college schedules are a little weird because they're fairly inconsistent. They're not like your high school schedules where you have periods and whatnot. There really are no quote-unquote periods or quote-unquote blocks in college. Um, so like my Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I'll have my early morning in-person class and then I'll have two back-to-back -back Zoom calls and then, from there, I don't have another class until 1.30 p.m. So my English class goes from 1.30 until 2.20. And then normally after then, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I just drive back home and then do whatever I have to do, eat dinner, continue doing whatever I have to do, which includes homework, studying, practicing instruments, and whatnot. And then by then, I'll just go to sleep. Tuesdays and Thursdays, um... I actually only have band rehearsal normally, 
and that's from 12.30 until 2.30 uh, for band rehearsal. Because of COVID safety concerns, we actually split it into three 30-minute blocks. So we'll do 30 minutes together, and then 30 minutes in separate rooms as a sectional, and then 30 minutes back together. And so normally on an average day, I'll get home like shortly around or shortly after 3 p.m. depending on traffic. From the perspective of a musician, I am definitely looking forward to hopefully being able to do live performances again. Because um, the last time that I performed in front of a live audience was at the end of February in 2020. Just in general, um, in the words of one of my favorite teachers, be safe and make wise decisions. Not just in high school, but just in general throughout life. I mean, if something doesn't seem right or whatnot, like don't just stand there and be passive. Say something about it. And then, like, just I guess in high school, don't overload too much or overstress on your classes and whatnot. It was like depending on your major and frankly depending on what you're gonna do the knowledge that you learn in high school is kind of like trivia game knowledge for lack of a better word you're probably never going to use it in real life unless you are going into that field um like i mean like just an example since i'm practically living proof i mean, I mean like i did decent enough on all of my common core subjects, math, science, social studies, world languages, and what have you throughout high school. But I never ended up actually using any of them, at least not as of right now in the music therapy world. Like, unless a client is gonna ask me to sing about who knows what, what, 50 states and all their capitals, I mean, I probably could, but I'm not going to. <laughs> um, in terms of the application process for college, you will want to contact the admissions office of whatever college or colleges you choose to go into. Set up a virtual or a phone call, or if you're close enough to the college, maybe even consider an in-person appointment to speak with the admissions people there to ask and voice any concerns that you may have about the application process, so that way you can get the specifics of it. College visits are very helpful. I know during the pandemic, they're fairly difficult to get a hold of, but they are very beneficial because then you can actually physically see the campus and, um, and the surrounding grounds of the university to see if it's fitting for you. Um, I, I did actually visit all the colleges that I had applied to and was interested in. Um, it, it was definitely a good experience. Um, I also actually sat in on a class, which is something that you can request to do as well for college visits. Okay, and that's all for today, folks. Thank you, Henry, for being here and sharing some insightful comments with the JAAT community. 
Thank you very much for having me.